Welcome to this week's episode of Four Fletch. Four Fletch. Four Fletch. Four Fletch. Four Fletch Outdoors Podcast. Here's your host, Andrew Taylor. What is up, guys? Boys, this week's episode of Dandy as TikTok's favorite Bowtech joins in from Feathers and Antlers Outdoors down in North Georgia, the bow boy himself, Mr. Scotty Ed. Mr. Scotty, I sure do appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I know you got a tough schedule, especially with the Georgia deer season and opening last weekend, but uh, it sure is a privilege to have you on here. Um, I'd just like to talk a little bit about some what you got going on, man. How'd you get started in this industry? Well... I got started, believe it or not, making uh, waterfowl calls. A lot of a lot of people don't know uh, duck hunting was my first love getting into the industry. And uh, I used to make make mallard calls, a couple of wood duck calls, which nothing fancy there. And I actually used to travel around to do to a lot of the hunting expos that you've probably heard of. Um, if you've ever been to an expo, like the one in one in Atlanta, Outdoor Blast, Buckarama, um, World Deer Expo in Alabama. Pretty much anywhere in the southeast and even some up north, we used to go up there and sell camo, camouflage apparel. We were selling True Timber at the time because they were about the only company that would sell to us because we didn't have a brick and mortar retail store. So uh went from there, did uh, did TV for about a year and a half, got fortunate enough to do that for a little while with a good group of guys. And, and it, it, it kind of, and I don't know how it is right now, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine named Daltrey. Uh, actually yesterday because uh, he works for combat waterfowl and they do a bunch of these expos and i was asking him how the how the you know traffic's been with with those nowadays because you basically got three days to make your money and pay for your booth and everything else yeah and uh, he said that it's done pretty good but when we when we were getting into it it was kind of kind of going downhill wasn't a great time for the economy so me and my family decided to just say hey let's rent a space see what happens go from there and and then after about a year and a half two years of selling a drake waterfowl for the most part and drake non-typical then uh, uh while i was working with that tv show we had bear archery as a sponsor and uh so that was my first i have not my first but one of my first real high, higher end bows at the moment and it was actually called the bear moment and i was like well let's see what archery does and good lord i had no idea the way it was going to take off and then i just got addicted and stuck with it and uh y'all have got a heck of a store i mean i don't know if there's a place within three or four pr- you're probably actually the closest place i could go buy a bow badlands or sitka mm-hmm. and of course i got bass pro knoxville nashville but pull out a catalog and then it's act of congress for him to get it out of the back and it's yeah. just awesome that y'all have uh all that good high quality gear and stuff in one spot that a good hunter appreciates i appreciate that we've that's something we we learned early on is, you know, it's hard to get certain brands sometimes, especially being a, what I still consider a mom and pop store. But once you get one or two really, real good ones in there that do the marketing and help sell the product for you, I mean, don't get me wrong, you still got to, you know, know your stuff and, you know, be able to set people people up correctly with the right kind of gear. Um, otherwise, they ain't going to listen to you no more. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really helps to get your foot in the door and then it just kind of goes on from there. So, yeah. We're, we're very blessed and, you know, we're, we're still working on other brands to help build our name and build our clientele. Yeah, absolutely. And like just something that I noticed that y'all do, especially is build arrows. There ain't mm-hmm. a bow shop close to me. You say, hey, build me an arrow and they're going to pull it out and they're going to build it. They're going to open up crazy. a box of gold tips and they're going to say, here you go, seventy two ninety five or whatever it is. I don't know. And, you know, let, let me tell you how that got started. I don't, I don't even think I got 
to touch on this in my last podcast that I did uh, with Bowhunter Planet. I was bored one day in February and had plenty of time. And uh, we, we've done Aero Build since the beginning, but we've never really marketed it or advertised it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my TikTok thing back up just for fits and giggles. Yeah. I mean, I, I had it for fun for probably two years, never really did much with it. And I posted it on there and then boom. And then I was fortunate enough to have uh, Zach Rushing, who's a comedian and creator. He reached out to me and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah. And I looked at his following. I'm like, this guy's pretty popular. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, man, how do I get you to build me some arrows? I'm like, heck, I don't know. I guess just call me. I'll take a card over the phone. And that's how I did like my first 50 or 60 orders. And then it got to the point, it's like, okay. I can't keep typing in people's card information over the phone. Yeah. Gonna, I'm going to get in trouble. So that's when we figured out a different way via email. And it's just been a blessing ever since. And now we've, you know, expanded on Aero brands. We've expanded on uh, Aero wraps. That, that's the hard, that was the hardest thing for me is trying to keep it interesting, keep different color schemes and logo, not yeah. logos, but basically um, designs going on the Aero wraps. And I tell you what, um, you know, I'm not, you know, sponsored by them or anything. I guess you can say I sponsor them because I give them a lot of money. Uh, Whitewater Wraps has a great wrap selection. You know, it seems to me like um, I know that arrows like that are a bit more expensive, but you pay for what you get, and uh, you can go to Bass Pro and buy you a couple boxes of gold tips, whatever, and, and they might satisfy you just fine. But once you get into that whole whole other level of high um, high grain arrows, high FOC, you know, or even just a better arrow, like I changed over to Victory uh, Vat TKOs this year. Yeah, great arrow. It was a game changer for me. I've shot cheap gold tips my whole life. And when I started driving those arrows, I thought, man, these four millimeter arrows that look like a pencil are awesome. They're just the best right. things. And uh, especially me, I know I, I will definitely pay for here on out for just some high quality, better looking overall arrows. And uh, I think that's awesome that y'all do that. Because like I said, my bow shop, what little bow shop we got left is right. uh, they laugh at you. They don't even carry no jigs or nothing. So. Yeah. And, and you know, that, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, there's obviously a ton of bow shops that, you know, just sell pre-fleshed arrows or if they do sell bear shafts, you know, they just sell them as is. You have to flesh them yourself, which is which is obviously fine and dandy. But and I tell people, you don't have to spend, you know, three, four hundred dollars on a dozen arrows to kill a deer. You You yeah. don't. Now, with that being said, we've got a lot of guys out in Montana, Colorado um, you know, that are killing elk and bear and so on. And, you know, they want, they want a little bit better quality. And, and a lot of guys, I, I wish I could, you know, show a, a scroll through my emails. A lot of times I'll get emails back from customers saying, man, I can actually see a distance out or difference out to 60 yards. You know, what do you do different? And you, of course we tell them, you know, well, for one, we spine line all the arrows, uh, which is one of the reasons that we do like victory so much, because that takes out a step for us. They actually show it on the arrow shaft. They do a great job. Yeah. Uh, we make sure they're all fletched correctly, you know, and pretty much anytime somebody buys arrows from us, they pretty much come with a, I don't want to say a warranty, but a, a customer satisfaction guarantee. So yeah. uh, if, if the arrows get delivered and per se, we get a bad batch of glue, fletchings are flipping off, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. We send them a, a return label. Those arrows get completely redone top to bottom uh, for free and shipped back to the customer. And also when that happens, you know, we, we've got about a week to 10 day uh, uh, build time right now. When a customer who's already paid and shipped and sh has to ship them back due to, you know, something we don't have control over, he gets moved straight to the front of the line. His gets done that day and out the door the next. Within, as long as it's, you know, not like on Saturday. Yeah. What would you say your most common ordered arrow 
brand is that you build? Probably for the money. And uh, I always tell people it's the best bang for your buck, literally. It's probably the Black Eagle Rampages and the uh, 001 Straightness Tolerance. Mm -hmm. uh, any arrow that we carry, as long as it's available in the 001, we, that's what we go with just because it's more consistent, it's better quality carbon. And you yep. will notice it in your shop, but definitely the Black Eagle Rampages. But we sell a ton of axes, a ton of rip TKOs. Um, it, it's it's really interesting now doing shipping arrows online. You can tell which arrow companies are the strongest in each state. Like if I didn't know any better, I'd said I'd say rip TKOs, three fifty and four hundred spine were the only arrow in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, I swear that's three fifty and four hundred spine. I it's it's crazy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Victory is owned by Mishibishi. Is that right? And they yeah. are the biggest carbon maker in the world. I don't know about that, but they are owned by Mishibishi, which it's funny you bring that up because the first time I ever ordered arrows I, on the packing slip, it said Mishibishi. And I'm immediately thinking car parts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, Dad, what'd you order? You drive a Ford. What do you? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I opened up and saw it. And they're, uh, they ship out of California, which I didn't know that either. Hmm. I didn't either. So talking back to bow shops and stuff, um, really mm -hmm. a, a local bow shop, especially up here in Tennessee, is kind of a dying thing. And um, the bow shops we do have left, there's kind of a vibe that you get when you walk into them. Just from what I've seen of y'all, super welcoming, you know, super nice people. I just kind of feel like that vibe goes with being confident with a bow setup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say I come in, you spend a little more time with me. Or instead of just selling me the bow and saying, yeah, go home and shoot it. And uh, right. I feel like it's it's very important for a good pro, I say for a good pro, for, as a customer, for a good pro to sit there and take that time with you. Is that something y'all do? How, go through your setup, like uh, uh, come uh, and buy a new bow. A hundred percent. So whenever, so you, you got to be behind the bow counter for a little while before you can really kind of gauge somebody. I used yeah. to always try to play the guessing game. Like, is he going to buy a bow? Is he not? You know, should I go back to what I was doing? Does he just want to talk? Um, and I have figured out the best way to, I mean, every, every once a blue moon, a guy will come in and just be like, hey, I'm here to buy a bow. Like one out of 50. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I mean, I welcome him. I'm like, hey, give me a hug finally, you know? Yeah. But uh, a lot of times, you know, we get so many new shooters and I love new shooters because uh, obviously they're excited to get into archery. And the first thing I'll ask them is, what's your budget? Is is there a price range you want to stay in? I'll ask them that and I'll ask them, are you brand specific? You know, are you, you know, are you on the Hoyt train? Are you on the prime train, Matthews train, Bowtech, whatever. And most of the time they're like, we don't really care. Here's our budget. And then I'll take that budget and lay out. I'll try to lay out at least two within that price range. So give them a comparison yep. and uh, then we'll measure their draw length. Uh, I always like to crank the pounders down to 55, 60 pounds, depending on, you know, how stocky the person looks. And then we'll just let them shoot them and, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, hey, kind of pay attention to the sound, the vibration, the let off. Here's what you're getting. Here's what you're not getting. Uh, because I, I never want somebody to buy a bow or anything from us and then get home and get mad. Like, dang, wish I'd done more research because I should have bought the other bow. But because that does happen, you know, a lot of times because and, and I, I always have to explain to people that, you know, buying a bow from from a shop like ours, we don't sell used equipment. We sell everything with a warranty. Yeah. Um, buying a bow is like buying a new car. Once you drive it off the lot, it's yours. It's gone, yeah. Um, same with crossbows. So that's pretty much the whole process. And then, you know, we try to keep it simple enough to where they're not blown away. Mm -hmm. But if you want to sit there, it's like it's like today. God, this, 
poor gentleman. I shouldn't say poor, but I I really wanted to help him, but I don't think I could. Um, he he came in with his bow and uh, he had the wrong spine. I mean, he was pulling roughly seventy pounds, twenty eight inches. He had five hundred spine arrows. Hmm. He's like, I want some new arrows. I was like, I bet you do. Let's let's help you out, bro. And uh, I just assumed he was, you know, he was a local guy. I just assumed he was whitetail hunting around here. He wanted a, uh, you know, some less expensive arrows. So I said, here, Black Eagle Outlaws. You want a dozen of them? Be like 120 bucks. We'll cut them, everything. About halfway through the process, he's like, yeah, I, I need to get these before I go on my moose hunt. I said, do what, buddy? <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm going. And, and of course, when something like that happens, you just try to be polite because you, you never want them to feel like, wow, you're, you're a goober head. And uh, said, you're, you're going on a moose hunt with these? He's like, yeah. And then he had like rage hypodermic broadheads in his quiver too. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh no. And I politely explained to him, I said, you know, we do a lot of arrow builds and I have built arrows for moose before. And uh, he's like, nah, these, these will work just fine. All right, buddy. That poor moose. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel bad for that arrow. It might bounce off. Yeah. yeah. It'll uh, but yeah, go we, into flex. Yeah. We, we try to take care of everybody best we can. And, you know, we educate them as much as they want to be educated and as much as they're willing to listen, pretty much. Yeah, that's. That's big for me. If I walk in somewhere and buy a new bow and I have questions, I, I I don't want your undivided attention necessarily as I would. You'd be like, hey, this is this is how you do this. This is a little different than this. And um, y'all carry Prime and Bowtech. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit of bear archery. We're working on a couple of other brands. Uh, nothing's written in stone yet, but uh, th those are our two main uh, bow lines right now. Now, you're going to cuss me when I tell you this, but I'm a Matthews guy. Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. The only reason is because the only dealer within 150 miles of me is a Matthews dealer. I tell everybody the same thing. Matthews is probably one of the best shooting bows when you're on that side of the counter. Yeah. When it comes to tuning, restringing, as long as, and a lot of times I have noticed that you typically get a, a, a good solid bullet hole shooting through paper the first time. But, I mean, if we're being honest, they've had the same cam system, to my knowledge, for at least four, maybe five years. I want to say it started with the Triax, maybe even before that. Mm -hmm. And hey, they've been the number one selling bow since, as far as I can remember. Um, but because I used to think, man, I gotta get Matthews, I gotta get Matthews. Then I started working on. I'm like, I don't want Matthews. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a lot of trouble tuning my Matthews myself, and obviously, I have no help hardly around here mm -hmm. as far as taking it to somebody, and it makes me not feel as confident whereas i draw back on something i still have that little part of me that's going oh no what if yeah. whereas i had somebody to direct me in a way as in an undivided bow shop i could right. walk out of there being like oh yeah 170 inch deer dead no problem right and I, I still have that little bit of little bit of course i shoot i don't know every evening i shoot i try to shoot 20 arrows at least and mm -hmm. uh, that helps a lot but there's still yeah. that what if situation that i might not have had i had a awesome bow shop you know what i mean absolutely and that's why i, I mean i do a lot of consultations via email just simple questions oh my goodness did you see the video i did on it's been a few weeks ago on uh basically how important your arrow spine was yeah <laughs> i almost wish i'd never done that video my emails <laughs> to this day I got I got this draw link, this poundage, what spine? I'm like, oh, come on. I, I think I even said in the video, you can go online and, and there's it a up. chart. It, it's not a well kit, it's not like a deep dark secret. Victory uh, even I, has it on their box, right? 
uh, I don't know if Victory does. They may on some of their boxes. Uh, Black Eagle has it on all their boxes. Easton does it. But once again, just go to Easton Archery. And you can even – sorry, my dog was drinking water. No, you're good. <laughs> and he's, he's part hippopotamus. He's going to run that thing dry. Is that the male dog? Mm-hmm. That's the TikTok famous arrow finding dog. I'd like to have one of those because I've lost a few arrows. Well, he, he was actually my duck dog for the past 10 years, and I have no idea. I guess he just knew what I was looking for one day, and he picked it up. He's like, here, Dad. And I was like, hey, good boy, good boy. Keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Keep he did. those things. They'll tell you something. I've never got into, I mean, I've, I've been, but I've never just fallen into it just like deer and turkey hunting. Duck hunting is, it's it's almost like a, like a cult nowadays. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I've, I've been all over the Southeast and uh, a couple States up North chasing birds and, um, and I've absolutely loved it, but I mean, I, I, I've got a couple of uh, goals for whitetail, and that's really started to bother me the past couple of years. So I've been managing my property the best I can uh, for probably about five, four and a half, five years now. And it's starting to pay off. I'm hoping it might pay off in the morning if I get a couple of trail cam pictures here in a little while. They're even going off. Nope. Might have blew them out when I hung that stand this morning. Oh, well. I still got uh, two weeks before Tennessee opens. Of course, we have that little velvet, but it's freaking hot. You about couldn't stand it. Uh, my buddy Macy, uh, Macy Walken, she went up there for that velvet hunt. She said, <laughs> "Bless her heart." I didn't, I didn't know Tennessee had a velvet hunt. Um, I just, I thought she was just gonna hunt here in Georgia. But uh, her boyfriend up there uh, evidently has a bunch of land, and she texted me, I don't know, a week or so ago, asking. Him, she goes, "Hey, I need a drop away rest," and she's she's still figuring archery out. Yeah. Uh, I said, "Well, we can do that." She, I, I said, "Uh." How's deer hunting going so far? She goes, not good. It's harder than I thought. <laughs> I said, welcome to it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of uh, Cruiser Saddles? Oh, yeah. They're from the same town that I'm from. Really? Yep. Right down the road from me, probably 10 minutes. That's cool. I saw uh, I saw them firsthand uh, at Total Archer Challenge in Tennessee uh, this past year. They're they're almost right next to the prime booth where I was hanging out at. Have yeah, you they, shot that before, the TAC ta- challenge in Tennessee? I was going to go this year, Dude. but my wife uh, was pregnant and she had her kid that same week. Oh, tell her to hold it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> No, no I, I've never been there. Reason. It's so much fun, dude. It is so much fun. I we go every year. I go with a, a buddy, uh, two buddies of mine. Uh, one's from G five, and one's formerly worked at G five, and we just make a guys trip out of it. Um, it's it's so much fun. It's a great time. It's, there's no pressure. There's no. It's not a tournament. You got the opportunity to win a seventy thousand dollar truck if you want to. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But you have never seen so many name brand companies. In one spot, unless you go to ATA or Shot Show, um, hmm. it's really it, if 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 it's a high high end, well known company in the archery industry, they're there. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. It's worth going just to walk around. Well, that's what I was thinking about doing. Hey, I'm, I'll take my bow. If I decide to shoot, I'll shoot. If not, I'm just going to check it out, and then yeah. out pops the baby. Stop <laughs> Well, face. congratulations. Thank you, thank you. At least he came back then and not. During deer season, so. yeah, yeah, you got to time it just right. I'm, I'm getting married next year, and uh, oh. I told my, I told my future wife, I said, I, I got two conditions. I said, number one, we're not going on a honeymoon anywhere. I need a passport, and number two, it's got to be after duck season before deer season. <laughs> so oh, you got to get, you got to get that passport. I've already had a passport. I, I don't want another one. <laughs> I just got some friends that got on a hundred. 50,000 acres up in um, Saskatoon, Canada, and uh, 
they're, they're about they're about to start booking out hunts. So if you ever want to kill a spring bear or a three hundred and fifty pound whitetail, yeah, they got up. them. Yeah, Canada, a bear is on my hit list. But the only thing about that man is we got so many bear here in Georgia. I have a hard time really? going all the way in northeast Georgia. Oh gosh, yes. Hmm. We, well, yeah, I, I mean. And uh, up in Raven County, well, you don't know where that is, though. Right there in the foothills of the mountains, there's really yeah. nothing. Um, I mean, it's covered up with bear. Yeah, we're there's... eat up with them up here. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been, we can bait. Well, actually, I've stopped baiting this week, but five gallon of peanut butter a week since uh, June 1st. Dang. I mean, these things, but it's the craziest thing. It's it's like, if you don't feed them, they're going to tear your tree stand down, tear your camera down. I'm on camera number four, and... <sighs> It's in a tacticam box, a metal box, and he's it still don't matter. No, yeah, it, 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 yeah. And if you don't kill them, they're just gonna keep coming yeah. in. So we're just but, barely out of the foothills enough. Every now and then, we'll have a bear come through somewhere in the area. I knock on wood, I've never had one on my property. Now we do have. I have had hogs on my property before, and I dealt with them up quick and in a hurry. Okay. Um, but we're. I'm still about forty five minutes from a good bear sighting for the most part yeah we're worried up with hogs too i mean i get trail cam pictures every night of a big it's like everybody spends all this money up here on big nice food plots and stuff and unless it's just a row crop field it ain't staying because the hogs yep. are gonna kill it yeah that's why i invested in a 350 legend uh a thermal scope suppressor and so my my row crop field is right outside this window where my cabin yeah. is it, yeah, it's it's surrounded by corn, and actually, I think that's why the guy who leases our farm for the, for the farming rights he put corn there because he knew he. I've actually killed hogs off of other leases he's had in the past for him. Yeah. So I guess he felt a little safer. Which man, I haven't had hogs since last year, but they'll be back eventually, I'm sure. That corn works out good in your favor, though. Well, the funny thing is, is this is this has never been a row crop field as far. I mean, I've been here my whole life, and uh, this used to be a horse pasture, and I. I called him because he hadn't done nothing within two years. I said, hey, man, uh, we're thinking about putting a little corn out here for the deer if you're not going to do anything. And uh, he said, well, I was actually going to plant the whole thing in corn. I said, carry on, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem <laughs> Save me there. a couple grand. Yes, sir. Oh, gosh. So uh, what about uh, what about some broadhead action? I know it's a, a real high topic that you get asked, and I'm pretty sure me and you are on the same page when it comes to this. Yeah. But I have to ask the question. Yeah. Oh, I just moved my bow. It's, it's, uh, yep. Never mind. I thought I had one on the counter. G5 Mega Meat for Whitetail, almost unarguably the best broadhead on the market. I am nowhere near paid. I have, I do have affiliations with G5 as a G5 dealer, and that's it. I mean, I get a free hat every now and then. That's about it. I've seen so much devastation, not mainly for me. When when I, when I when I usually push a product on somebody, it's based off of my other customer success and opinions. If yep. I get a lot of negative reviews back, that product's probably not going to be in my store much longer. The G five Mega Meats, man, the the way it operates, the accuracy, and just the the blade sharpness. In case anybody was wondering, there's four yeah. stitches. Completely my fault during a TikTok live. It's it's just unprecedented. I mean. I'm not very pushy with many things. I always want typically the customer to make their decision. So if they don't like it, they're mad at themselves, not me. But anytime somebody says mule deer, whitetail, hog, bear, anything of that caliber, what do you suggest? G5 Mega Meats. I agree 100%. 100%. I got a whole quiver full of them somewhere. Yeah. 
but absolutely. What's those old G5 broadheads? The the first um, expandables the they had. Oh, no, the first the, expandables? Yeah. The dead meats? Dead meats. I shot those for the longest time. Yep. And I, sh- I shot a doe one time, hen pender, and she ran probably 400 yards. And I thought, I'll never shoot these again. And then they come out with the Mega Mate, and I thought, well, I'll try G5 one more time. And I've had no bad complaints since. Yeah. I mean, that, and the Mega Meat is the dead meat, just bigger blades. Yeah. Literally. I'll tell you when, I'll tell you when I became a super believer. Um, I was fortunate enough to sell enough bows one year to uh, be able to go to Texas on a javelina hunt with the guys from G5. Uh, and uh, they provided broadheads and all kinds of stuff. I mean, literally, we walked in the lodge because I asked them, I said, hey, what do I need to bring? They said, snake boots, camo, your bow, and arrows. I'm like, okay, well, there's got to be more to this. I've never never hunted javelina up until two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, we get up there, and there's a table, I mean, 20 foot long, just cased out with mega meats. I'm like, God dang, there's only six of us. You think we're going to miss that much? <laughs> Jesus, we did. It was bad. But to, uh, to, to get back to topic, we go down this uh, – Dirt road that already been baited with corn. We see a javelina 100 yards, go off the back of the high rack truck. And my guide at the time, uh, his name was Cody, awesome guy. He uh, he's, works at a bow shop in Texas, actually. He was walking with me, walking with me, ranging, ranging. We were trying to get it within 40 yards, I think. But the javelina kept walking away. Now, keep in mind, I had never shot an animal over 21 yards with this broadhead up until this point. I've shot tack events. I've shot over 100 yards with field tips. So I'm really not sure what I'm getting into. And the javelina pissed me off. It kept walking away, walking away. Finally, I told Cody, I said, Cody, what distance is it? He said, 63 yards. I dialed my spot hog. I drew back. And as soon as I anchored in, I thought, God dang, there's a whole truckload of other store owners behind me watching me. Because <laughs> I was the first one up in the batter's box. And I let it rip. And dang it, if I didn't pinwheel it. I mean, it was field tip accurate. And actually, it's um, I got a video of it. And right then and there, I'm like, okay, I liked them before. Now I love them. I mean, for me to be able to screw one on 60-plus yard shot on a javelina that's, you know, 30 pounds, I'm impressed. Yeah, I for the longest time after the dead meats, I swapped over to Montex and it was always like they would steer in some direction. If I didn't have my arrows tuned just right to it. Yeah. And of course, with, um, I always pack, I still pack a Montex just in case I see a pig or a hog or yeah. a coyote or something. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like there's a big misconception in, um, shooting a fixed blade and an expandable as far as tuning your arrow. Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically, typically, and almost 100% of the time, really, when you sight in your bow with your field tip, the vast majority of mechanicals, and I haven't shot them all, probably never will, but the vast majority of your mechanicals should fly like your field tip. That's part of the selling point for mechanical broadhead. With a fixed head, like you said, you get it dialed in with your field tip, you're basically going to have to redial it in using your arrow rest, or depending on what kind of bow you have, if you got deadlock technology in the bow text, you can shift your cams in order to get it to tune and fly correctly. My, my biggest thing with that, man, is if you're hunting whitetail, unless you're shooting super low poundage or short draw length, because I, I, you know, I get it, kids pulling 40 pounds, 45 pounds, we need to put them in a fixed head. But if you're pulling 70 plus pounds or 60 plus pounds, really, I mean, it, it's, it's almost overkill as far as the whole penetration concept for whitetail. In my opinion, I know there's some people when you put this up, they're going to scold me. No, I don't really care. I mean, keep in mind, and I've even said this in a couple of my videos, 
whitetail are probably one of the, if not the easiest animal in North America to dispatch as far as the way their vitals are, how big they are, uh, how much their body relies on them. I mean, as soon as one lung goes out, the other one usually ain't far behind. Yeah. I mean, they got thin, thin hair, thin skin. Just put a big hole in it and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that'd be the best thing. Run 10 yards and fall over dead, that would be pretty key. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. So, um, you go to ATA every year? I haven't been to ATA in about three years, because after the, so I went, the first year's bow shop I went, and then I went again the second year, and I realized, oh, if you've been once, you've been every time, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, don't get me wrong. It's really cool. I am going to go back this year. Um... I'm probably not going to write orders while I'm there. I'm really just going to go put some faces to names yeah. um, that I haven't seen before or haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, because it's on I my think bucket it, list to go there for sure. Just because really, I've never been. It's really cool if you want to see basically. Here's what's kind of annoying to this. Not even all the big name brands go anymore. Really? Yeah, Matthews hasn't been in a while. Uh, Elite hasn't been in a while. I'm trying to think. Uh, seems like there was another. Can't remember if Hoyt went or not. The past couple of years, they may have backed out, which kind of annoying because that kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, if you take three heavy hitters out like that, it's like what y'all yeah. doing? a lot of that had to do with COVID, supposedly. But I'm really hoping that you know it bounces back this year. Everybody comes together, support ATA, and have a good show and put on a good show for you know the shops like us. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that, um, well, I don't hope. I know if Matthews don't cha- make a drastic change this year in their new bows, I'm I'm swapping to more than likely Bowtech. And if I do, I know the guy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I appreciate the business, but even if it's a brand that you I don't care, get what you want because you, you ain't yeah. going to be happy with it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never been a Matthews dealer. I've Worked on a lot of their bows, shot a lot of them. There's supposedly something in the works. I may or may not have seen a patent. Um, I don't know how it operates, so I'm not even going to elaborate on it. It looks interesting. I don't know if it's a game changer. It's funny you bring that up because I, I get asked so many times in my lives, what do you think of the Facebook? What do you think of the Facebook? I'm like, I don't know. Ask a Matthews guy. Yeah, yeah. And then what, what's funny about that is the Matthews guys and – and not even the, the guys that follow me on the regular, even the randoms that are in there, they'll be like, just get a V3X, same thing, it's on sale. <laughs> yeah, last year's model on sale. It's like, man, that's that's tough right there when your own guys are like, just get the one that's on sale. <laughs> one thing that I am intrigued about, and I asked you this in a live the other day, is that new Ultra View site. I'm waiting on mine. Ain't got it in yet? I ordered, I ordered five or six. Two of them are already bought and paid for, if you can believe that. I um, believe that. I, you know, everybody lost their ever-loving crap when they said $600. I'm like, what? why is that such a big deal? Have you not heard of Garmin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what. I, that's the exact thought I had. <laughs> like, that was, there was a gap in the market right there. Other than dialed archery, I mean, they're mm-hmm. $559, $600 too. And nobody really batted an eye at them. They were, I mean, I see those on a lot of people's bows. Yeah, I'm not sure what people... Or, you know, fussing about because anything Ultra View is typically a little more. Yeah. Um, but they make a great product. The Georgia company, in case you didn't know, I they make. Yeah, they're 
a lot of people don't realize it. Ultraview, Black Eagle, uh, Moultrie, 4S, uh, Obsession Bows. There's a couple others, I think, are all, uh, old, like I said, Ultraview, all Georgia companies, which I ain't going to lie until I got in the industry. I didn't know either. But yeah, I, I'm very interested to take a look at that site and get my hands on it. You'll definitely see a little Tiki Talk review. I'll be, the only thing I'm not crazy about, well, it doesn't matter to me because I don't shoot ultra view sites anyways, but I know that the consumers that have already bought like the UV3 XL scopes mm-hmm. are going to be a little annoyed because they won't work on the new site. Are those, the, uh, are they bridge lock only? Oh, no. No. Okay. No, it, no, no. It they look like it in the picture and I didn't see nothing else that was with it. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. So no, it's definitely, uh, they got it in the bridge lock. They got it in the, um, the dovetail regular mount and then they got it in the picatanny the only thing that worries me about that site or a dialed site or a garment site even having to get a different skb case well that's why that's why you know if you got a dovetail mount or even the picatanny you take it you take it off your bow put your bow in the case and then store it separately or you know in its own little phone that's how, that's how close will it be when you put it back though well that's just it so on a dove any dovetail mount or picatinny or whatever they have markings so they make that's part of the design on a dovetail is gotcha. it actually has slots where okay this is where i like my sight i'm screwing it in this slot and a lot of people will take like a white sharpie and just draw a line on the sight and the uh, sight bracket that mounts to the bow, so they know they're mm-hmm. in the same spot every time. So when you take it off your bow and then put it back, I can't say for every sight, but pretty much any high-end sight that's going to have a dovetail or picatinny option, it's going to be dead on every time. I've done it with my spot hog for years. I'm glad you answered that question for me. Yeah. I've been on the fence about that ultra view sight, but then yeah. I was thinking, well, maybe – I don't want to buy V3X. Then they come out with something crazy because I thought it was bridge lock only. Right. No, no, no. No, you can, uh, they, they've got all the different options out there. But yeah, that's, that is pretty much one of two advantages to a dovetail. The other advantage is being able to extend that scope or bring it in closer to you to the riser, depending on how big your peep is, so you can line it up perfectly. Yeah. I wonder about also, Turkey season, sometimes I shoot guillotines. The clearance. Well, that's going to be based on what yardage you shoot at. So the further out you shoot, the more you're going to dial it down, which nine times out of ten, most people ain't shooting at a turkey, especially with a guillotine, over 20 yards. Yeah. That's something y'all got up there in that state, from what I understand. Dude, we got them, but they're stubborn sometimes. Call me. I mean, I'll talk dirty to them. Look here, I'd love to just set up a big hunt. There ain't nothing I like more than... I've got into the the more filming side of stuff, and uh, yeah. my brother in law, he's a sophomore in high school, and I have more fun taking him and putting him on animals than I do hunting myself. Now, don't get me wrong, if I got a monster on camera, I won't be sitting in there, oh yeah, untagged out. I'm gonna be in there, but I, I get more enjoyment out of taking somebody hunting than I do myself. That's what I was going to say. You call me. You bring your gun and a couple shells. I'll bring a mouth call. I'll leave my gun at home. I love talking to turkeys, man. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> Easterns is uh, Easterns is pretty much unarguably one of the hardest birds to talk into getting shot, as I say. They are, <laughs> Lord have mercy. They're, they're, I guess they're kind of like marriage your first year. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> no, that's the truth. <laughs> it was funny. Me and a buddy of mine named Travis that I bowfish with, uh, he went out, he was going on a trip to uh, Texas to shoot some Rios, and I'd already been out to Texas to shot Rios. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever hunted Rio Grande turkeys? I have not. 
Let me go ahead and tell you something, son. They got half a brain of an Eastern. Really? Yes, they are. You heard, you heard the expression of, I slammed my truck door and they gobbled? Yeah. That was Those were Rios they were talking about. It is legit. Those birds right there are the most responsive birds I've ever called in. We uh, Actually, when I worked for that television show, we got the opportunity to go out to Henrietta, Texas uh, for a turkey hunting competition. And since we were a pro team because we had a show, yeah. um, we got to pretty much go for free other than our license and stuff. And I was talking to our uh, – he really was – he was kind of our guide, but he was really just the ranch hand. I said, hey, man, what do you all use for locator calls? He's like, we don't. I said, what the hell you mean you don't? How do you find the turkeys? He's like, they just gobble. I'm like, man, you ain't ever turkey hunted, have you? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, you, I was like, you messing with me? Because I, I, like I said, I had never hunted Rio. So we get out there, and uh, we got there at like two o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, load up, let's go find some birds. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's two thirty, three o'clock. He's like, they'll gobble. I'm like, man, somebody ain't no way here. Ain't no way. He's like, can you work a mouth call? I said, yeah, I, I can work one. I said, I ain't winning no competitions. We get out there right around the side by side. He said, stand up on the side by side and yelp a couple times. And sure enough, I hit it and. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> this is great. Uh, next morning, we went hunting. Went and hunted. We uh, doubled up. <laughs> Two, a 22-pounder, a 23-pounder, one of them with double beard. We ended up winning the whole daggum competitions. And what and what really ticked everybody off is our uh, TV show was Southern Hog Slayers. So we were mainly known for killing hogs. So all the guys there that were mainly known for killing turkeys, they were mad. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's some town in... I don't remember exactly where it is. It's in northern Kansas or Nebraska. Somewhere you can go kill an Eastern, a Merriam, and a Rio all in the same town. Because I, I think they told me Nebraska. There ain't many Rios, but there's Merriams on this side of town and Easterns on this side of town. Anyways, Nebraska, it would be a cool experience. I don't, I'm trying to think of where Marians would be near Rio. Cause, it, cause there's Easterns out there in in Texas and Oklahoma where the Rios are, but I don't know. Cause Merriams are. I think he, it was Nebraska, a town in Nebraska. Cause Kansas has Rios, and then South Dakota has Merriams, and I guess Eastern Nebraska maybe. I don't know, but I had a guy tell me that, and I thought, man, that'd be the craziest thing to kill all three in one place. And say, so what is it? Is it all three of those birds for the Grand Slam? How's the Turkey Grand Slam work? It's Osceola. It's all of them, ain't it? Osceola, Eastern, Merriam, and Rio. I guess. I don't know. And you got to kill them all in the same year, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's got to yeah. be a single year, grandson. Lord have mercy. I'm going to have to retire before I can do that. I got a buddy, um, James Martin, and I think he got his this year. But I don't know about hunting the Osceolas. I don't do snakes. I don't do bugs. I mean, I'll deal with the bugs, but I dang sure don't do snakes. Oh, you'd have uh, you, uh, you, don't go to Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's another thing. I was, I guess it was two weeks. No, it was last weekend. Checking a camera, just a routine, walk in, no phone service camera. Clear path, walked in, happy, you know, checked it. Big deer, I was, I was excited. Stepped right on a copperhead, latched onto my boot, couldn't get it off. I was out of there. I told my yeah. wife, I said, I ain't checking that camera until it frost. <laughs> Let the batteries run dead. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, it don't even matter. I don't care how big that deer is. Right, right. I was going to say, that's one thing I've been very blessed with. 
snakes and spiders they've they've never really bothered me but i tell you what the fellow i worked with on that show uh, we was running hog dogs in uh south carolina on some wma and i completely forgot that south carolina or certain parts of south carolina has alligators i'll mess with any animal in the world on dry ground i don't mess with amphibious creatures i guess you can call them amphibious in their world yeah. Well, we're running through these swamps chasing hogs and following the dogs and stuff. And I'm camera, I'm playing cameraman that day. And, and the water out there was really dark and murky. I mean, about as black as your iPhone screen. Yeah. And uh, we're going through this one slough and I'm following him and filming. I look off. I said, oh, dang, Kenny, that's a hell of a beaver slide over there. And he looked back at me. He said, ain't no beaver. I said, what the hell is it? He said, that's an alligator slide. I have never cussed a man up and down so hard. I, I, I left. I went back to the truck. I said, you got me chasing these stupid pigs out here with an alligator in waters? Because I didn't think about it. And that was stupid on my part. But I was yeah. like, good Lord. I came unglued, man. Y'all used to run dogs on mm -hmm. TV for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've mm -hmm. ran some dogs up here. I got a buddy that still does, but it slowly, slowly died out, I guess. Well, dog hunting is one of those things that... Very few people get in it for a lifetime. Or when I say dog hunt, I'm talking about hog dogs. Yeah. Um, I I was in it for eight to ten years, maybe, maybe not even ten years. And uh, a buddy of mine actually owns a uh, a company called Southern Cross Cut Gear. Me and him have hunted for past couple of years together. He makes uh, the cut vest for dogs. But it, it's funny you mention that because he he said about every four or five years he gets a new wave of customers. And then never hears from the other ones ever again. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a great sport, you know. And it, we, we've I've had a lot of good memories staring at dark, waiting for a dog to sound off. Oh yeah, for sure. I've had uh, I've cussed a lot going to get a dog that was three miles in, said bait, and it was looking up a tree or something. Yeah, chewing on an armadillo. So, it was fun. It was it was fun while it lasted. And of course, we had. 20 of her buddies there and we was all just having a good old time but mm -hmm. i don't know what about uh what about the you got a big and picked out for the georgia yeah i got one that's uh i've been watching him since last year he's an eight and uh my, my goal other than a uh, cold bucks which i think i've cold out the only two bucks i needed to over the past two years really um but my goal is my next archery buck is going to be a Pope and Young, and, and I think this fellow will do it. I've got an opinion on a, uh, from a couple people, and they, I've had some people say he'll go 128. I've had some people say he'll go 135. I mean, he's not a, you know, an absolute monster, but uh, for my first Pope and Young with a bow, I, I wanted I want, wanted to be him. I actually hung a stand for him this morning. So hopefully he'll do the job for me, but we'll just have to wait and see because I don't care what nobody says. I mean, yeah, you can shoot does all day long, small deer. Once you get into those four or five, six-year-old deer, man, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, they don't get big by being stupid, that's for sure. Exactly. They do not. I mean, that's why a lot of people wonder why there's certain groups of people or families out there that are so big in the industry is because they figured it out. I mean, you got Drury, you got Lee and Tiffany, you got the Bone Collector crew. Shout out to uh, uh, T-Bone and Waldell for shooting the Mega Meats. Uh, yeah. those, I mean, those guys have got it figured out. Now, granted, they got a lot of hookups now. It makes it a little easier on them. But Yeah, I was listening I mean, to a podcast the other day with Lee Lukowski, and they got talking about target bucks, and he just kind of laughed. And uh, he said, if we have a buck big enough that we call a target buck, which is 200 inches, he said, you can just about guarantee it's going to die 
because we have our farm so perfect. Mm -hmm. We know where he's going to be. Every time he said nine out of ten times, that target buck in particular will die. Somebody else, I need to go listen to that podcast. Somebody else was talking about that the other day and basically how, like you said, that they they got them down to, to the minute almost where they're going to yeah. be. I'm pretty sure that was uh, the Seek One podcast with him. Oh, was it? Another Georgia boy. They do some wild stuff. Yep. I don't yep. know how you feel about a, how you feel about them. Everybody's got their their own opinions on them, just like hunting public, but they do some crazy things. I think they put I think they put in a lot more work than people realize to get the properties that they hunt. Yeah. Uh, they got bigger cojones than me because I don't even like driving through Atlanta let alone hunting in it with just a bow. I mean, uh, now, I I don't know. uh, Who's the guy that took over Seek? Um, Because Jay's not with them anymore. They're still buddies, but Jay went off and did his own thing. Uh, uh, Lee? It is Lee. Yeah, okay. They they knock on the doors, man. I mean, they freaking, I give it to them. Uh, And I've heard some crazy stories. I've got buddies that come in or not i shouldn't even say buddies but customers are coming to the store that supposedly hunt like the same subdivisions or areas they, they claim that there'll be human hair around their trail camera and they think it's them doing it so the deer don't go i'm like man come on man hmm. it's, it's, it's it's probably the, the karen neighbor that's next door to the property oh, yeah. you got you got permission on i mean anybody that can go downtown atlanta and kill deer as big as they do Props. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you ain't got a TV show. If you can hunt as close to town as they do, props mm-hmm. to you. Props to you. Well, that's just it. Atlanta is evidently full of big deer, man. I mean, I've got friends that have two, three acre lots. They go and they send me videos that are like just it's like a train or just a, a deer running by all day, every day. It's it's absolutely insane. And what it is is those deer are mostly landlocked. Uh, they're so used to the sounds people make, the smell of us. I mean, it just doesn't bother them. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, what what Lee and Jay have done in the past, I mean, killing one seventies, one eighties, I think. Because uh, I I actually was looking at the Georgia State record uh archery bucks last year. I think Jay has number three, and then Lee has number five, if I'm not mistaken. And they are just uh, one of them's that Hercules buck, which I think Jay shot it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. They put in the work just like a landowner, just mm-hmm. in a different way. I mean, yeah. I ain't trying yeah. to drive to Michigan and door knock on a bunch of people that I have no earthly idea now. Given the occasion, I might, but I ain't just going to sit out and only do that. Yeah. That's a skill, door knocking, man. I just, I don't know. I guess because I've door knocked a little bit in the in the past and had really bad experiences. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it, it it it's a skill to be able to talk to somebody, especially get permission that day on their porch. That's a skill. Yeah. Um, especially in today's world. I mean, ten years ago, fifteen, we'll say fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. anybody hardly let anybody hunt now it, it's completely different and i was talking about that the other day they used to have a big lease and they ended up selling it but we was trying to find another big lease close but nobody leases property anymore because they can get thirty thousand an acre out of it and mm-hmm. i feel like that hurts the the new hunter wants to come in and public land is just flooded especially since covid i pulled up at a public land parking spot to go turkey hunting, and i bet there was 20 trucks there 
and yep. 12 o'clock 12 o'clock in the day uh appreciate you coming on um, yeah bro i plan on getting down there check you out for too long i gotta go yeah. to louisiana here in a month or so and i might make a detour my wife about, will hate me if i do but depending on what part of louisiana i'm about seven hours seven and a half hours from be coming down i-10 or 20 we're going to uh to baton rouge big lsu guy if you can't tell sure you're a you're a oh, dog fan i am this year for sure <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah. no i'd like to make a detour and stop check y'all out for sure. give me a call let me know when you're coming we'll make, make something happen brother if you come during deer season we might stick you in a stand let you stay a night or two at the cabin if you want to dude and same to you i mean if you ever want to smoke a black bear or we got pigs bears deers whatever i'd be more than happy to open my house to you I'll, i appreciate uh, it i might take you up on that black bear eventually that's like I said, that's something that's been on my list. I don't really care about getting a passport to go shoot one, but I'll uh I'll keep that in mind. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Y'all be sure to check out Mr. Scotty Evans on all of his socials. His link tree will be in our bio. And also down there in North Georgia at Feathers and Antlers Outdoors, they'll hook you up with whatever you need. Check us out on Instagram as well at 4 Fletch Outdoors. Also, we have merch now. The merch link will be in the bio. Use podcast2023 as a code to get 10% off your order. And until next time, safe shooting.